Welcome to Stanford Innovation Lab. I'm Tina Seelig, Professor of the Practice in the Department of Management Science and Engineering at Stanford University. This podcast is designed to give you a taste of the topics we explore in our classes on innovation and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the third part of our series on brainstorming with Emily Ma, who works at Google X. She's a former student of mine and one of the most creative people I know. So, are you familiar with the brainstorm hijacker, that person who criticizes every idea? Well, in this episode, we're going to give you some tips on how to handle them. In addition, Emily and I will discuss why and how to defer judgment and how important it is to sort and cluster ideas at the end of a brainstorm. I hope you listen closely because next week we're going to put your creativity to the test. So how do you get people beyond the expected incremental solutions Mm -hmm. to come up with something that's really bold? Great. So uh, there's many ways to do this. My dear, dear friend um, from uh, JetBlue used to say, um, just beyond crazy is fabulous, right? So you have to push beyond what you think is crazy to get to the fabulous. And I think it's actually absolutely okay to start a brainstorm with creative ideas, right? So just start getting some momentum. But I, I find that to get to the fabulous, to beyond the crazy, you the facilitator, like as a facilitator, or you could kind of, like, you know, get plant, get a plant, like one of the brain, other brainstormers to to just lob something really crazy out there to kind of get people to make the leap, right? And a lot of times it's really combining multiple ideas together in brand new ways. And at X, we have um, a version of Cards for Humanity, but it's more of like putting things together in un- unexpected ways. Like, I think it's like, um, let me give you an example of this. It's like, how do you use designer babies to solve for climate change, right? It's like, how do you put two completely random things together and then solve for that, right? So, um, you know, and another way to do this that that we spend a lot of time at X doing is um, uh, we'll get together and we'll we'll try to come up with absolutely bad ideas. Like solving, you know, the the like food shortage problem in the world by encouraging cannibalism, right? So so it's just fun to come up with stuff that makes absolutely no sense, but then you start to squint and you're like, okay, I'm not I'm not saying that we're going to like promote cannibalism, but like you start to squint, you're like, oh, that's interesting. You know, we are wasting a lot of food and maybe, you know, there's ways to encourage people not to eat so much animal protein or maybe produce animal protein in a completely different way using plant-based proteins, right? So you start to, you, you can, you can go really crazy and ridiculous and you know, beyond and then you can always dial back to find the the gem in in the seat of the idea so i have a theory i've never tested it but it's my theory and i want to see what you think about it if you don't feel good at the end of a brainstorming session it's an indication that you've done it incorrectly Mm. what do you think wow what a hypothesis my goodness huh do you think do you have to like if you don't if you're not having a good time if you're not laughing mm. if you don't feel good mm. at the end is that an indication that it's gone oh, terribly that is wrong fascinating that's fascinating i've i've definitely you know let me reflect on a little bit i've 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 been in a lot of different types of brainstorms so you know like very early stage big idea brainstorms and also i i remember we would be in brainstorms when i was an engineer deeply engineer you know, deep seated in engineering and we would literally be sitting there um on around a table and, and actually drawing technical diagrams for you know a good hour or two of like different ways to make mechanisms and you know i i would say you know there's 
I, I would say positive affect is, is a likely outcome of a really great brainstorm. Um, depending on what we're brainstorming, though, I, I think the positive aff- affect can be either in excitement or in peacefulness, right? You feel like supported and you feel you've produced. And I, I think ultimately the, the feeling that is inspiring is that it is, is the productivity that comes out of a great brainstorm, right? But I've been in a situation where it was really fascinating. I was uh, some group across campus invited who didn't really know me uh, well at all, invited me to participate in a brainstorm session. And there were all these people I did not know. And I had an idea, you know, I'm used to coming up with lots of ideas yeah. and kind of crazy ideas. And someone said, um, I don't like the idea. It won't work. Oh. And I instantly felt my entire soul oh. shrivel. And oh it was such God. an amazing reminder oh. of how fragile those ideas yeah. are. And then when you put them out there into the world during a brainstorming session, it you really are in a place where you they need to be safe. Yeah. And that... Um, how I basically didn't want to say another thing. And, you know, I'm not a particularly shy person. So nobody was so instructive to me. It was so great because I tell people all the time that during a brainstorming session, you need to build on other ideas and don't defer judgment. But it's really hard to do. So how do you really teach people how to defer judgment when they hear an Mm -hmm. idea that they really don't think is going to work? At the end of the day, this is the cardinal rule of brainstorming and I and uh, deferring judgment is very challenging, very, very challenging. My logic that I put forth to others is that, uh, if you're a business owner, if you're a, a project lead, you want to be efficient and, and the least efficient today, uh, the least efficient thing to do is to muddle idea generation with idea um, selection, right? It's like to muddle the creative part of your brain with the sort of selective analytical part of your brain. Like it's that's when things kind of slow down. You're not going to get the momentum you want. You're not going to get the quantity you want. You're probably not going to get the quality that you want. So I think it's super interesting that people are very hungry to evaluate the ideas, right? When they, I, I've seen this all the time. You have a brainstorm and people, uh, even if they're not going to be the ones who are going to be moving forward, still feel a, a desire to evaluate the ideas and figure out which ones they would want to move ahead with. And so um, I, I love the fact that you let everybody participate. Um, I'm a huge fan of separating that brainstorming stage from the exploitation stage and even in time, like collecting all the ideas, letting everybody sort of settle, thank everyone and, and, you know, big hooray. And then coming back to the ideas at a different time, you know, kind of with a different hat on. Now we're going to go and mine them and see which ones we want to do something with. Do you ever do that? Yeah. Yeah. Generally, I try to fit in at least a bathroom break, Uh (laughs) like a bio break in between a set change, right? And you bring up a really, really important point, which is um, there's a little bit of pre-processing that happens uh, before the selection phase of a brainstorm. Oftentimes what you'll see is the same idea coming up multiple times, right? So, you know, during a bathroom break, you know, one or two people generally stay back because they don't need to go to the bathroom or whatnot. And um, I encourage whoever's kind of hanging out to start clustering, right? And sometimes you end up finding themes. You might find a bunch of ideas that are similar. So the clustering is a really important step. Um, 
but yes, I totally agree. Having sort of a sort of a set change, a mental shift or a mental break to then come back and 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 again, it, it comes back to the frame, right? Like, what is the frame for the next five minutes? And you know, the, a brainstorm, a good brainstorm. And you know, there's always, as a facilitator, there's there's always someone who's keeping time, right? And your job is as people are giving their whole hearts and minds, um, and 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 steeped in the activity your job is to really and in, in, like manage their energy and make sure that they're not you know exhausted by the end of a brainstorm but also managing those set changes and giving them precise amounts of time so at the end of the day you want to be as efficient as you can and, and actually keeping time makes a big difference this was truly wonderful thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and insights and always fun always fun thank you tina That wraps up our final episode on brainstorming. Thanks so much, Emily. Please stay tuned for next week's episode, where we'll release our listener challenge. We'll give you a chance to try out these tools yourself, and I can't wait to see your imagination in action. This podcast is brought to you by Stanford eCorner and the Stanford Technology Ventures Program, the Entrepreneurship Center at Stanford School of Engineering. Stanford Innovation Lab is produced and edited by Eli Shell. Our digital solutions manager is Sarah Khan, with software development by Davor Senkovich. Our designer is Daniel Stusi, and communications and marketing are led by Mike Pena and Monica Yort. You can find additional podcasts, videos, and articles at ecorner.stanford.edu. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on both this podcast and our ETL series. So please follow us on Twitter and eCorner. And if you're a fan of the series, please leave a review on iTunes. Finally, remember, entrepreneurs do much more than imaginable with much less than seems possible.